Hello and welcome to Tully Travels Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome. Welcome, welcome. Uh, day 16 across the USA. So obviously today was... I'm sorry, I'm going to start this first. I need to start say, stop saying the word obviously and I suppose. I realised this uh, with the podcasts. I... There are two words I keep saying, so I need to change that. So, um, <laughs> it's going to be hard now. Day 16, it was the first day back of the saddle in a week. And it was, I was tough enough start. So, got up at 5.30. Said goodbye to a man that I was staying with him and his wife. So, Pat Gallagher's his name. Super, super fella from County Clare. Um, he was off to work, so quick chat in the morning, and you know, thanked him for everything, and he headed off, and then uh, I went back to bed, and then got up around I'd say maybe seven a.m. Uh, Sinead Gallagher, his wife, was there, and she was getting her two sons, Sean and Harry, out for school, so um, I was going to in and out and up and down to the room and out to the bike and. I was probably dragging me heels a small bit. Um, obviously, I had a fantastic week off, so I was kind of delaying as much as I could in a way, sub- unsubconsciously, but because um, I was kind of dreading like the, what I had ahead of me. Um, but anyway, eventually I got going around 9, 9 a.m. And I, I felt I was going very slow. But uh, in the first hour, I think I managed about 18 or 19 kilometres, which is fairly bog standard, like, especially, you know, with the weight, especially after a week off the saddle. It was lovely and flat going through, like, you know, so, suburban areas. But um, ended up going through one sort of getaway area, I felt. It was around Oak Park. Um, you know, got into this area and it smelled weed straight away. And, you know, a couple of cars were damaged and a couple of houses were, like, all boarded up and glass everywhere and but luckily it didn't last long and not a lot happened so flew through there and then ended up it was getting quieter and quieter obviously the more out of Chicago I was getting and yeah ended up then getting on a trail didn't realise I was going to be on the trail today uh, I think it was called the Continental Trail so um that was nice. It was lovely, paved, flat, and had plenty of bicycles uh, on it. Everyone was fairly friendly, so it was grand. And then um, got on another trail, I think it was the Illinois and Michigan uh, Canal Trail. And that one wasn't as good. It was a bit grassy and a bit like a dry dirt. But... Um, Anyway, I kept going and kept going. But um, this happened to me on my way into Chicago uh, last Monday, a week, a week ago. <clears throat> there's these, I don't want to get this wrong now, but I'm presuming they're ducks or they're geese. But like they're kind of brown uh, on their body, maybe a bit of a white chest on them, and they've like a black neck and head. But obviously, them, so, <laughs> obviously, there we go. Um, they've, had young chicklets. They're very protective of them. So uh, when you get close, like it starts going like, 
And then uh, for anyone that's seen the movie The Night of the Roxbury, uh, kind of starts bobbing his head. And it's obviously a warning thing, but um, I usually, well, on the Monday when I was going to Chicago, I just flew by them. There was plenty of space to kind of overtake, but it was a bit tight now on this trail, and I thought, oh, don't know what's the crack of these yokes. So I kind of had to wait, and eventually they did gather up their tricks and hop into the water, and they'd go away. But um, that happened three or four times, and I kind of killed a bit of momentum. So uh, that, uh, that was all right. Um, I'd lined up to do 231 kilometres today. It was way too ambitious. And I knew I wasn't going to achieve it, but I thought I'm going to aim big regardless. Um, it probably would have been achievable if I had left earlier, like around 5, 6 a.m. I would have breathed it. But um, yeah, there was no way I was going to make it in daylight. Um, so I realised if I got into a place called Dwight, I would be able to take a train from there. So that's what I was doing. I was started. I was going to go to Dwight anyway, but I thought otherwise I'm going to hop on a train. So that was kind of the plan. So I took a few little breaks here and there, and I actually got interviewed for another podcast. Um, so depending on when you're listening to this, uh, it might be out by now, but. If you're listening to this as I'm doing these podcasts, it won't be. Um, sort of not to sound like I'm teasing around and I'm not at liberty to say who or what it was, but it'll be out the beginning of June. So that was nice to be interviewed and have a chat. And yeah, it was pretty cool. I'm usually the one doing the, the talk or like interviewing. So it was nice to have the show on the other foot. Um, so I was against the clock a small bit. Uh, so it was around five o'clock or something like that, or maybe ten past five. And uh, I had about just over 20 kilometres to go, and it was telling me I'd get there to Dwight train station at 6.30, and the train would arrive at 6.45. So I was kind of like, oh, I just slightly worried. Just, I think now would be an awful time to get a puncture or something to break. So I was kind of minding the bike, but at the same time watching the clock and... Anyways, it all kind of worked out. Um, landed on route to the train station. There's no ticket office. There's no machine. There's no nothing. So thankfully, I seen a poster. And uh, it was like, oh, you need to buy, download the Amtrak app. So that's what i done. I went on it and registered or whatever. So I uh, ended up getting my tickets to, from Dwight to Bloomington. It's a 45-minute train. Uh, I think two stops so I was fine train pulled in uh, I had my ticket you know, on my phone and the train inspector or whatever comes out and only three of us got on but he asked the first lad his surname he told him he goes yeah go on ahead he asked me what my surname was I told him it's Tully he goes no you're not on the list I said I should be because I, I, I could see his phone and he was looking at me he goes no you're not on the list I go yes I am I said and the my that's my last that's my name there, the last one. He goes, Oh I'm sorry, sorry. So thankfully just I thought in case he got funny or anything like that, so hopped on the train or oh, took the bags off the bike, put it on like the hook and sat kinda of beside us. And then it was nice, you know. Um 
Obviously, I never wanted to take public transport on this trip. I think I said that in the intro episode, but uh, yeah, for needs must. Um, I thought, how was it? So, ticket was 9.50, and it was a tenner to bring the bike in on the train. So it was, yeah, 19.50 for the 45 minutes. Um, so I thought, how was it? So I'd been talking to my warm showers host uh, all day, just, you know, keeping her up to date her name is Kelly and she was like oh me and my partner are going to come and collect you at the train station and we're going to ride bikes back to her house I was like sound so um, obviously in my profile on warm showers I have that I'm from Swinford County Mayo she read that and she said oh my partner um, his family were from Donegal and he's a daughter so I thought oh that's very funny uh, as my uncle is married to a woman from Donegal and she's Doherty and I thought this would be pretty funny if they were related um, when I arrived we kind of chatted about it but um, well, we don't know um, but you know I'm sure there's some relation there maybe far out but um, God geez, imagine now if he knows my uncle's wife or the family or something like that it'd be pretty pretty cool Um so I got to Kelly's house, amazing house. I'm not trying to exaggerate around them, but like really cool, like private estate, one house as big as the other, like perfect roads into the estate. Everyone's garden is like perfectly cut, green grass, everything. Um, she works in insurance for a company called State Farm. Um, so she's doing well for herself. Um, Michael, her partner, Michael Doherty is his name, been so sound. He's been to Ireland and he's been to Limerick uh, and he loved it. So there was no kind of pauses in the conversation. It was like flowing, it was great crack. They actually have been following my Instagram they said the last day or two as well. So they kind of knew what to expect. So that was pretty cool. Um and yeah, had a turkey burgers for dinner and just kind of chilled out with them and had the crack. So um, just on about different travel, different places that we've been and cycling. They're big into cycling. Kelly actually is the chairperson of the cycling club here in Bloomington. Um, and Kelly's actually from California, but she moved out here. Uh, but Michael is a... Um, he's a... Born and bred from Bloomington, so it's pretty cool. Like, yeah, they're really nice people together, and they're funny and have a good crack. So, um, that was kind of more or less it today. There wasn't really too much to write home about because I was just kind of trying to get back into the swing of things, trying to motivate myself again. Because obviously, Chicago was a big, big, you know, uh, milestone, and now. The next milestone, even though it's only two or three weeks away with Denver, Colorado, seems like a lot far away if you get me. So um, just need to yeah get into the routine. Two or three days, it should be should be fine and kind of yeah take take it from there. But um, should have a fairly well a slightly easier day tomorrow mileage wise, and I'm going to a place called Springfield. It's a very big town. Uh, that's associated with Abraham Lincoln. So, 
going to try and get there early afternoon and I can do a bit of exploring and, yeah, relax. And then keep heading in towards St. Louis. But um, there's a, an interview coming up. I've done a few interviews in Chicago, so you're going to be hearing them over the next few days. But uh, this next one, I interviewed my cousins, Tom Tully Sr. and his son, Matt. Matthew Tully. So Tom Tully is a lawyer in Chicago. He's 85 and he's still working and he's as sharp as a button. Uh, it's great to see. Matt, his son, he's only slightly older than me. He's been working with his father the last 11 years and um, yeah, great guy. It's a bit of a personal kind of family uh, interview or chat that's coming after this so some people might enjoy it some mightn't but um, kind of really meant a lot to me that I was able to chat with the two of them and especially the father Tom like to be 85 you know running your own company still at 85 and working like it's you know there's not too many people around that are doing that nowadays or that type of vintage of a person is few and far between so um we discuss a bit of everything so i'm sure you'll you'll hear all about it that's coming up next but um hope everyone's enjoying the podcast uh, so far and yeah if you have any ideas i'd love to hear them or yeah try and try and make it a bit more crack and a bit more lively thanks for listening and i hope you enjoy this next bit Hello and welcome everyone uh, back to another episode of Tully Travels. I am joined by a very, very special guest and I'm actually very privileged to be in your company. I'm here with Tom Tully uh, from Chicago. Tom, you're very welcome. Well, good afternoon, James. I'm thrilled to be here with you and I look forward to this interview. Good man. Well, we'll, we'll call it interview or chat, whatever you like. I like a chat would be better. Yeah, too. <laughs> but, um... Tom, do you mind telling people that are listening, maybe wherever around the world, where exactly we are in Chicago at the moment? Uh, we're downtown Chicago. We're across from the courthouse, which is about 50 yards away from there. We're about 50 yards away from the Cook County building. In our county, we have about 6 million people. And uh, throughout the state, we have about an additional five. So there are 11 million people here in the state of Illinois out of our 50 states. Uh, the county of Cook is the largest county here in the state of Illinois. And uh, it employs lots and lots of people, very diverse industry. And when I have been in government, both as the state's attorney and thereafter as the Cook County Assessor, we had the largest 1,800,000 parcels of real estate to value. So that's basically the practice or business that I entered into when I left government service in around 1979. Wow, Jesus, it's, it's a while ago. Um, <laughs> it is a while ago, thank God. <laughs> Just as well for everyone that's listening, we're also joined by Matt Tully, uh, Tom's son. Tom, or Matt, you're very welcome as well. Well, thank you, James, and, and welcome back to you to... Uh, the city that you used to call home 14 years ago and, and you visited years ago and, and more granular than my father's answer, we're, we're in our law firm's office, Tully and Associates. And, and as my dad alluded to, we've been in practice for about 40 years. We've got about 20 wonderful uh, attorneys and 
and staff and uh, yeah, it's just a privilege to be with you. So thanks for coming. Well, thank you very much, Ted. It's going to make it very hard to leave Chicago. <laughs> um, first off, Tom, I suppose we'll ask, how are you today? I'm fine, uh, healthy and well, uh, married. I have five wonderful children, a great wife. Uh, my wife at the present time is at the rehab center. She recently had a double lung transplant and she's been in the hospital approximately the last 90 days and she's doing well, she's getting better. We expect her to be home within a week, and so life goes on, but uh, my health is wonderful. Uh, on occasion, my son allows me to come into the firm <laughs> and do the work that he doesn't want to do. Yeah. I clean up for him. But, my uh, mother said that she'd divorce him if he ever retired, so uh, he also failed to mention what he really loves most in this world are his three grandchildren. So as you mentioned, five kids, my older brother Tom and his wife Erica have a son Tom the third, and then my twin sister Bridget have, uh, she and her husband Devin have two children, Finley and Teddy. So that's been taking up a lot of our time these past few years. Thank God they're here, they're wonderful. Yeah. Like all grandchildren, everybody enjoys their company and after a period of hours, their parents take them home. That's it, you can hand them back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they keep you young. Yeah, so they do, that's really the, do. That's the main thing. Um, Tom, I suppose, Obviously, you were born in Chicago to Irish parents. Do you want to maybe tell people or what was it like growing up in Chicago? Uh, in those days, so I was born in 1937. Uh, we lived at 3127 Monitor. Wonderful, lovely neighborhood. My parents had bought the home, I think, in about 1933. And uh, it was a mixed community to say the least. Every ethnic group of the city of Chicago, County of Cook, State of Illinois lived there. We had Irish, Polish, Italians, Armenians, um, Swedish, uh, Germans. It was a wonderful, wonderful place to meet and greet. There were no troubles, there were no difficulties, there were no gangs, there were no... It was just an enlightened community in which everybody worked. Uh, they all had approximately the same amount of income. Uh, there was no challenge between any of the parties, the parents or the children in the community. It was just a wonderful time to grow up in America, both preceding, of course, I don't remember anything before the Second World War, but after the war, it was just a great, we were within a mile or a block and a half from our uh, parochial Catholic grade school. Uh, the public school was about two blocks away. Uh, high schools were nearby, and it was just a great place to live and to grow up and have a normal, normal uh, existence before you turn 18. Yeah, it, it, it's funny. He was one of eight children, as I mentioned, and he was the seventh out of eight, and there were six girls and, and two boys. But what always struck me, not only to have eight people in this, you know, modest home, but then they always had aunts and uncles or cousins from Ireland living with them especially coming out of the great depression and uh and yet everyone got along everybody got along it was a wonderful existence i got to know many of my uncles who had come from ireland and i they spent time with us at our house intermittent times and it was a wonderful existence we had every the love and affection of parents mother and father and uh, we had our uncles come over every or aunts 
every Saturday or Sunday to our home. We had many, many parties at our house in those days. Uh, we had a, a beautiful big basement and uh, there were literally hundreds of parties hosted at our home over the course of many years by my parents and uh, the Patrick Sarsfield Club, which was a club that they were members of and I think my mother kept the books on. It was just a great organization of Irish families, immigrants from Ireland, different parts of Ireland, that gathered together in a social cause just to have some fun. Brilliant. You know, we don't have that today. No, no. People were a lot closer, I suppose, back then. And yes, they were. You know. They were, you know, they had survived the Depression. They had raised their families. They were now having grandchildren. Their children were marrying, and it was just a wonderful time. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, we talked about it a minute ago, but um, we're here at your law firm, Tully & Associates. You've been in business for roughly 40 years. Some, something like that doesn't happen by accident. Um, it's been very successful. Would you mind telling us why you decided to get into law? Uh, it's a good question. I was in the Army, and, and uh, I guess at I had no money at the present time, so I was sitting around and I thought, oh, it might be a good idea to go to law school. I had seen men who were attorneys, uh, they were at our ward office, the ward office is an organization, whether Republican or Democrat, throughout the community, throughout the United States. And people would support candidates of either party, Democrats or Republicans. I was affiliated with the Democratic Party, and so as a young man, I knew the precinct captain. He was the so-called titular head of that particular area, very small area. And uh, he asked me if I would be interested in passing out pamphlets, going door to door, because preceding that, I had been a paper boy, the paper boy being somebody that would deliver the morning newspaper and the afternoon papers. And one of your responsibilities at the time was to collect the money at the end of each month for the papers that you had delivered to each respective home. So during the course of those years, you had an opportunity to get acquainted with all your neighbors by first name, Mr. and Mrs. Mamoser or Mr. and Mrs. Hesser or whoever they might be. So he felt that it would be a good idea to get affiliated with me and I would go out and ring doorbells and introduce myself and talk to them about Democratic candidates up for the next election. So that gave me a chance to watch and observe the community itself, but at the same time, I watched men who were dressed in suits, coats and ties, who were also attorneys uh, representing the ward organization at different functions. So I figured, well, rather than become a plumber or an electrician, I think it would serve me well to go to college, which I did. And then thereafter, I decided I was going to be an attorney when I was in the Army. I applied to law school and I was admitted. And uh, thereafter, I went to law school. And uh, during those formative years, I learned that uh, it's very important to feel that you have a right or an obligation to help those less fortunate than yourself and I think that's what really drove me to be an attorney. And after I passed the bar, I had the opportunity to work as an assistant state's attorney in the criminal division. 
and in Cook County, uh, having the largest population in the state, we also had the most crime. So we're talking about murders and rapes and robberies and all those sorts of things. So during those five years I served in that office, I had the opportunity to try many of the most heinous crimes that had been committed. And uh, I enjoyed that practice very much, being a trial attorney and experiencing the the pain and suffering that these poor witnesses had observed and seen in their own family by members of their family, whether it's a police officer getting killed in the line of duty and or armed robberies in which a person would get killed or jailbreaks, you can name the crime. <laughs> I tried them all and uh, it was a wonderful, wonderful experience. And then thereafter, I- Moved into uh, public service, but this is, he's now been a lawyer 60 years. Um, 60 and, years as of you know, he, he alluded this to it month. briefly about becoming a, a lawyer, but you know, he always also, you know, in jest, but in, in a serious tone, saw how, how hard his father and his brother worked. And they were firefighters and they were also plumbers because you work in the Chicago Fire Department for 24 hours on, 48 hours off. And so he'd come home in the Army and it'd be dead of winter and they'd have their day off the next day and they'd be sawing pipe to prepare for their plumbing job the next day. And so, as he said, I, I always felt so fortunate to be a lawyer, to be working inside of an office building and to helping, um, helping people solve problems, whether it be a victim of a horrific crime or, or our real estate clients who are here. And, and I think he's passed that on to his kids about the value of education and uh, how lucky we all are um, to be working in, in office jobs. Yeah, and you know, the same question to you, Matt, obviously you've followed your father into the law business. Any particular reason or? Well, you know, I, I think so I graduated Georgetown University in Washington, D.C., and during my time I had worked on Capitol Hill uh, for the Ways and Means Committee in Congress. And then after that I, I worked for just under two years uh, in the White House under the Obama administration. And so, you know, that path of politics was something that I was genuinely interested in. But uh, having watched my father build this great business, and, and admired what he had done, uh, I got my job the hard way, which is via nepotism. <laughs> and uh, so I, you know, I'm the only one in my family that, that chose to jump in, but I, I've been back 11 years, I can't believe it. I blinked and, uh, you know, I, I really feel so fortunate to work for and with him, but, but even the other attorneys that have been a part of our firm 20 and 40 years, you know, when, when you really work with us, we, we treat you like family. And um, it's been the fastest 11 years of my life, and I, I've learned more uh, in this role than I ever did in college, than I ever did in politics or in law school. I'm very, very blessed. It's great to hear. You know, there's not many fathers and sons that could work together. You know, mm -hmm. uh, clashing heads for where same with mothers and daughters. So yeah, these scars I have that he hits me. Ah, <laughs> oh, Say the wrong thing. That's yeah. it. He, he, he lashes out. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, that's great. It's great to hear. But um, obviously, you're both very well travelled men. Um, you've seen a lot of the United States. Um, is other than Chicago, is there anywhere? 
that stands out for you that you like in America? I'll, I'll weigh in first and then curious to hear his thoughts. But um, um, we 60 years ago, my father, his brother, Jack Tully, and his cousin, Tom Tully, you know, the Irish are very creative with names. And uh, they used to... Short and simple. Yeah, they used to vacation uh, not too far in the state of Wisconsin in Lake Geneva. And subsequently, that's become a place that our family has a, a, a cottage up at. And so we've spent so many weekends and, and summers up there. And so uh, it just holds a special place in all of our family's hearts and, and the memories we've created there. And then uh, in 1973, he uh, bought a home for his parents, who, as he said, had done everything for him out in Palm Springs, California. And so he's been going out there for 50 years. Oh. And, and similarly, it's, it's about a two-hour drive from Los Angeles. It's where Frank Sinatra and, and all those others, you know, in the 60s used to go out there. And, and um, I would say those two for me personally are, are my favorite places in the United States, um, really because of the memories that we have. But I think the journey that you're going to go on from New York to D.C. to Chicago to Denver, the Rocky Mountains, and, and then end up in Los Angeles, you're going to see all that, that the United States has to offer, and, and we're so uh, happy for you. What are your favorite spots? I have to uh, commend Matt for reminding me of uh, Lake Geneva and, of course, California. Those are two of my favorite places. But in addition to which, when I was in the Army, we had the chance to do what we were told, and we were told each and every day to do something. And I was a uh, platoon leader, and uh, we had the chance to travel both throughout Pennsylvania, Maryland, uh, Virginia, of course. We did all the battlefields there during the course of the Civil War that we had from 1861 to 1865. But in addition to which, I had the chance to spend a lot of time in this city of Washington, D.C., which today Matt and I have talked for the last two years about going back for a weekend just to spend two or three days visiting all the monuments that are in the state or city of Washington. Such a beautiful city. I love the place. And in those days, I really had no money. And you would get paid on Monday. And by Sunday you were broke, and then <laughs> Jimmy, you borrowed you know the money. Like that? Oh, I, I you know borrowed the money, and then by the fifteenth you'd pay the guy back, and then you'd be broke again, and that, that went on forever. Yeah. But anyhow, I love uh, I love all the big cities. I like New York. Uh, our one son Mike now lives in Miami, and uh, I've gotten a chance to get down to see him once or twice. But there are so many great cities here in America that I have not seen. I mean. San Francisco used to be a great city. Uh, Los Angeles used to be a great city. Any of the big cities. We have can't been get overrun. into politics on this thing, but now I'm on record that I have to book a trip back to Washington D.C. Right. and uh, I will get him there and, and maybe get him back into my in the old. Fall. Yeah, in the we'll, fall now. Well, now we'll get to my old grounds of the. He knows the, the city like the back of his hand, so that's you. why I want to go back with him. Every time I would go there, it was always for meetings get off the plane, car would pick you up, you go to the meeting days, and then you'd leave. But uh, yeah. Whatever you see out the window was right. that was built. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But uh, we have a great country. We have so many beautiful places that I have not visited. 
I see it on TV. Well, why don't you slow down else. with working and go visit it's places? More fun. I love working. <laughs> I like the game. What I else? like the game yeah. of work. Oh yeah, it's the chase. And, uh, you got to have fun doing it, and if you don't, you should do some other profession. But uh, yep. we're very, very fortunate to have the clients that we have, who are very ambitious in their sense of doing whatever is right for their company, for their clients, for their uh, people. So. We have a great team here, and we're so fortunate to have been together for so many years. And uh, as Matt said, I've practiced in many diverse fields for 60 years, but uh, the game is whatever goes on tomorrow, I want to be there. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you're always ready. Oh, yeah, yeah. got to yeah. be ready. For sure. Um, but from my experience of being in America numerous times, one thing that's huge over here is sport. You know, you have something for every day of the week, every season. Um, is there any particular ones you like, the football, the baseball? And obviously, um, I know you're, you're a big golfman. Well, I'm an avid golfer, not any good, <laughs> but I play often enough. Um, I like to play whenever the weather is like today, but unfortunately, we're working. But uh, we have had the great opportunity here as lawyers to represent many of the sports teams. Matt Tully for example, represents the Chicago Bears, which is the premier football team here in America, one of the premier teams, but it has been one of the founding uh, teams since, I think, 1920 or 1922. Uh, our firm has represented the Chicago Blackhawks hockey team. Uh, we also represent a baseball team called the Chicago Cubs. So we, and this is all on real estate matters, we do not get involved any any of the matters relating to their sports players teams. or sports they, they don't like short slow irish guys <laughs> advising them on how to do their jobs yeah, but uh but we take care know, of their real estate yeah. but he played golf he, he played basketball in high school and, and won the chicago catholic league i won't say how many years ago uh, and then briefly played at john carroll um i, I don't think we have one, one specific favorite but i i think that Seeing a baseball game at Wrigley Field in the summer is about as special of an experience as you can ever get. Right. And, uh, you know, Chicago just is very passionate about their sports teams. Whatever's in season, we'll root for them. Yeah, it's a, it's a sport-mad city. Yes. You know, well, we, we just in the draft of hockey players the other night, we got the number one draft choice coming up for the year. 2023. Yeah, and to hear that they, they've already sold in 48 hours a few million dollars yeah, of season it. tickets. Yeah. It's exciting. So, so they're going to continue to pay our bills. Yeah. That's good. We'll have to get Brilliant. you back for a game. Yeah, the, the, the encore tour. Yeah. And, and by the way, we are big Mayo fans. I know that we're in a we bit of a... We watch all the time. Every time we get to the championship... Oh, here he goes talking about the curse. And so uh, up Mayo, you, you've got, you know, we wear our green and red proudly here in Chicago. That's great to hear. Great. Oh, yeah. We, we have a friend, Dennis Toomey. Uh, he's a Sligo carry man, and he keeps us informed as to where Mayo is at, and they're always in the championship. Never where we want to be, but someday soon, and we'll go back to celebrate. Definitely. The carry men. Yeah. Okay. Um, just on that, um, I, I know you've been to Ireland many times, Mayo, Swinford. Do you think, have you any plans maybe for another visit anytime yeah, soon? Yeah, we're, we're talking about it. So, uh, you know, he can get into his first trip in 1950 when he visited for a few months in Ireland. And, and he's been back 20, 30 times over the years since. And 
Um, we did a trip in 2012, um, and we saw Notre Dame play Navy in Dublin, and that was fantastic. Then we went back in 2016 for the 100th anniversary of my grandfather, Mike Tully, coming to America. And we, we really were in the West Coast and in Swinford and, and played a little golf and might have had a Guinness or two. Um, we are talking about maybe returning to Ireland. Um, Notre Dame, who's our college football team, we support the Fighting Irish, um, are playing again in Dublin. And I think, you know, if we can get all the boys uh, over there one more time, uh, we'd like to because it's, Ireland is a special place, not just for its beauty, but really the people there. And, and they're as welcoming as any city in the world. And, uh, Whether you go them. to Newport or Westport yeah. or Swinford, or up in Ballina, um, we really love being in the West. The last trip we took, we were playing golf where we played in Newport, Westport. Yeah, we, we played Westport, we played Castlebar, and then we played Dunebeck. So. Dunebeck, but you know, there are so many great golf courses over there. That, I want to uh, get him back one more time. Yeah, one more time. Yeah. And my game is getting better, and I hit balls yesterday, and I hit balls on Sunday. And Here's uh, the guy telling me i, I got to work more. <laughs> you <gotta, laughs> need to up your game a bit. Yeah, right, exactly. Uh, it's such a great country. The people are so lovely, and uh, the fun. We had. We were over one time in London, and we flew into Knock, and uh, we had just, what a great visit that was. And then we got to uh, do the broom dance somewhere up in Ballinap. Yeah. And... Uh, we went everywhere on that yeah. trip. But, but you'd see his father and mother, and then, you know, we'd Well, your see dad me. and mother were the two nicest, kindest, Jimmy, and then your grandparents were the nicest. I mean, just great, great. And then Uncle cousins, Mark was just superb. Cousins on the other side, yeah. Mickey McNeela. Who yes, Mickey is one of our dear friends. He's a lot older than me. <laughs> I don't know sure if you tell him Oh, yeah, we'll, we'll let him know. Plug him in. But yeah, we hope to come back soon. Great, yeah. great. And, um, you know, uh, we might just touch on, you do a lot of great work uh, for the area of Swinford in particular. You know, you help uh, schools over there and everything, and it's it's all very much appreciated. Well, we're proud to do it. And, and really, it was his parents who had always told him, you know, be proud of where you came from. And, you know, I think that they always felt, and, and he has carried on that, that same idea that education is the silver bullet. And if you could give someone an education, they can go do anything. And so we always feel we don't do enough, but we're so proud to support the different parishes and schools uh, back home. And, and we will for, for as long as right. we're around. And um, no, it's just everyone deserves a great education, so. Brilliant, yeah. oh, that's fantastic. Um, now, they hope they listen in school better than you did. I, I hope so, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, suppose if anyone listening, you know, they've maybe not been to Chicago before or they're thinking about going to Chicago, what advice would you give someone? Oh, I, I've got a few things. I, I still think it's the greatest American city. And, you know, it's, it's smaller than New York. It's bigger than Boston. We've got, as we mentioned, incredible sports teams. We've got a beautiful lake. It's affordable compared to many other large American cities. Yeah, greatest art institutes in all the history museums. of architecture. Um, that, history if I had to design museum. a day, Field I would museum. tell someone to do the architecture boat tour on the river. You got to do that today. You yes. have to do seriously. If that, it if is that, that pretty. magnificent, and it's only an hour. Yep. And you get on that boat, and you look at this 
great, yeah. magnificent city. We were the home of the modern skyscrapers, the first one ever built here in Chicago. And, and then I would tell you to do either a walk or run along the lake path, Millennium Park. I would encourage you. The bike path yeah. goes from one end to the other. Yeah. And, and just then I would, uh, I would also encourage you to go see a show at Second City, which is really the training ground for Saturday Night Live. And those such as Stephen Colbert and John Belushi, uh, John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, Chris Farley have all gone there, and it's a fantastic time. And and then we have the best restaurants uh, in America. There's one thing we're good at: it's eating. And so, uh, I, any no of, cocktail. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if any of your friends are listening, or, or if they're ever in town, we'd love to show them around because, uh, as proud as our grandparents and his parents were to be from Ireland, we're equally as proud to be from Chicago. So we have in Chicago. Uh, the Irish Fellowship Club that I was president of, chairman of the board of. We have the um, Celtic Legal Society. Celtic. We've got the Ireland Fund. Ireland Fund, I was the honorary. But I mention it not out of any, but we have a great Irish community here and people that support the Irish in all their issues relating to immigration or just helping those less fortunate than ourselves. So there's a nucleus here in the city and has been for the last hundred years of which we support uh, Irish causes and thoughts and ideas to support the Irish culture yeah. because they've given so much to those of us, myself being the most fortunate. Yeah. That's brilliant, you know, fair play. Um, I suppose, you know, it's been great talking to you fellas, but uh, have you maybe any final words or pieces of advice for people listening or words to live by? You know, I, I have to defer to the elder statesman for words to live by because I, I'm still making my way. But I, I, I would just say, James, we're so proud of, of the journey that you're on. Um, it's been an honor. I mean, keeping in touch with you for over 30 years from you visiting us in grade school and then us coming over and, and seeing Swinford and the farm and visiting your school. And, and then, uh, you know, my fiance and I got to take you and Rebecca out in London. Right. It was about two or three years ago. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, our, our best to you on your journey. Um, and, and Chicago will always be home for you and for any of your friends or family that, that want to look us up. Uh, you know, a friend of yours is a friend of ours. Thank you. Any uh, wise no, wisdom from the old guy? No, <laughs> well said. Well said by you. Yeah, work hard and have fun. That's really the main That's thing. In anything my in life. advice every day of the week to everybody. Work hard and really have fun. Miss nothing. Miss nothing. Opening of an envelope, be there. Yeah, Tell yeah. you, you never know. Life never is know. not a dress rehearsal. There's no do-over. No. And no. so you're showing us all to make the most of it. I mean, the it. fun you're having and the experiences you're having, I'm envious of in the sense that I couldn't accomplish what you are trying to accomplish right now. I think it's brilliant. I really yeah. do. Your efforts in behalf of, you know, yeah. that's an intuitive skill and intuitive guts and yeah, the keep grit, it up. The grit to keep moving even when you don't want to. Oh, Jesus. You're showing us all. You yeah. never know. Well, lads, as we said before, we started recording. There's space on the back of the bike. You know? <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to join. I can't hear you. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll fly and we'll toast you in well, London. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, Matt and Tom, yeah. it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks for talking to me. Thank you. Thank you, James. Yeah, proud.